0: to Salesforce. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sales of Demystified and today we have quite an interesting uh interesting session because we have someone who is extremely experienced in sales operations. Um but we are not actually, or we're not going to say the company that Mohi works for, um, which is going to be interesting. Um, but I can assure you, it's a company that you may have heard of before. They're, they're a big tech company. Um, but Mohi, I'm super excited to, to, to welcome you on, and I'm super excited for this session. Thank you. Uh, thanks
1: for having me here, uh, Tom. Excited to be here.
0: And like a little bit of an admission here, we did try and have Mohit on about a month ago, but then we messed up the the time zone. Mohit's on the West Coast of America. He's in San Fran? Uh, Yeah, I'm in a suburb of San Francisco. Fantastic. So jealous. Okay, well, let's kick off. Um, Mohit, how did you get into sales operations?
1: Yeah, it's a very interesting story, actually. Uh, I never intended to be in sales operations. And, um, you know, I, I, I think for those who may track me and see my, uh, you know, see my profile will actually might, might notice that I used to be an architect uh, many, many years ago, designing buildings and, and, and hotels. And at some point in my career, um, I, I actually decided that I wanted to be on the other side of the table, as in I wanted to be a real estate financer and developer. And I went to business school to get an MBA to to switch over my career. And uh, in 2008 was when I was looking for internships and real estate was really in a difficult mm-hmm. spot there. Yeah. So I actually had to make a very quick choice uh, what my career is going to be after I finish my MBA. So I figured I had taken a lot of finance courses. And so um, I got myself a summer internship at a, at a large tech company at, at, at Yahoo um, mm-hmm. and I Into a rotational program, and I landed up in sales operations as part of the finance. uh, Yeah, as part of the finance rotations, Mm. Uh, I held my uh, sort of like the career from that point on. um, You know, to where I am here today um, uh, at 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 Facebook. Uh, but obviously, I want to go on record and say I'm not representing my company here. I'm here in my individual capacity. So, to summarize your question, I uh, you could say that I stumbled into where I am today uh, in sales ops, going through those ups and downs of uh, you know my previous career and and uh, through the uh, financial meltdown of 2008. Yeah. So, I mean,
0: yeah, we had so uh, it's yeah. actually a a surprising number of the people that I have on stumbled in, like they didn't they didn't like. Finish college or university and be like, I know exactly what I want to be, but for some reason they got placed into a role or they found a role and they just took it like you did, right? You just took it from there. So does that mean that since 2008, when you had that rotation at Yahoo, since then you've been focused on sales operations? Yes,
1: yeah. So uh, yes, yeah. so it's been almost uh, almost eight years now. Uh, I've been part of sales operations uh specifically related to revenue
0: planning and uh strategic planning for the sales team cool and so how long were you at yahoo and then uh at, at what point did you transition into facebook
1: yeah from business school uh, after business school i spent three and a half years at yahoo
0: and uh,
1: last uh, six six and a half years i've been at facebook so so, that's
0: been quite a journey um but we're not here to talk about facebook we're here to talk about sales operations um Absolutely. How has the role, how how have your role specifically evolved over those six years at Facebook?
1: Well, I I think, uh, look, when I joined, it was early 2013. And, um, you know, obviously the company was at a different space and time. And the company has grown over time, uh, as we all know. So my role uh, has has evolved since then. I mean, initially the things we were doing uh, at that time were really quite different. A lot of initial building blocks of, uh, you know, uh, setting up setting up operations to scale, uh, setting up some processes and and systems to to you know, being structure uh, in, into our day-to-day operations. Right. So our work was a lot more operational at that time to set up mm-hmm. the infrastructure for future. But obviously, as the organization has evolved, as the business has become more complex, our roles have changed. And, and also, you know, years is a long time, right? People grow in their careers and, and obviously take on, um, you know, different scopes and positions in the company. So I think you can say that it's a long course. It's, it's been a long journey and definitely things have changed a
0: lot from where we started. For sure. Um, so what do you think makes an awesome sales operations person?
1: Yeah that's a very interesting question and I'll uh, answer that from uh, the lens with which I view sales ops because sales ops essentially in many different companies can mean different things so um, at a, at, a, at a high level um, a very successful sales ops person is somebody who's partnering with the senior sales leadership on different aspects of sales planning and operations both and 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 that Actually includes uh, you know aspects of revenue planning, forecasting, as well as sales, go-to-market strategy, and strategic planning. And what makes somebody successful is playing in this spectrum of being a trusted advisor to the sales leadership and being their fiercest critic. Which means that you want to be their right-hand person, first one they think of when they are when they have a question in their mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, You want them to come to you, and you also have to be the first person to tell them that something is wrong in their business.
0: Interesting. And I think
1: once you establish that level of trust and partnership with senior sales leadership, that's what makes a really successful sales Mm -hmm. ops person, in my opinion.
0: So were you working with, like, what was the the job title of the sales leadership team or person that you were working with or that you're currently working with?
1: Uh, They would be the
0: country sales lead.
1: Cool. And, then, uh, and and their uh, direct reports, who would be regional
0: uh, sales leaders. Sure. So you would go to them and say, "Look, you're not going to hit your number this quarter because of X."
1: Yeah, I mean, normally they also know that mm-hmm. um, because you know, in a in a good in a good working environment, you have a really good pulse of the business, where you have uh, your eye on metrics on a daily, weekly basis. So, um, yeah, so it, it's not as black and white as that. But mm-hmm. I think uh, where we add value is uh, looking ahead, uh, looking, looking around the corners and, and, and looking at some of the trends and metrics to indicate that if something is not done now, there can be a problem in the future. Sure. And I think that is probably a larger value add uh, because re- in real time, I think people understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. I think it's looking around the corners is where a good sales ops person can add a lot of value.
0: Cool. I really like what you said about being both a trusted advisor, but also fiercest critic to the leadership. Yeah. Um, yes. And it's also interesting, we we have some sales ops people that come in and when I ask that question, they focus more on the sales people being their, their customer, you could say. Uh, but this is a different perspective. It, uh, you're looking towards the kind of other side of the marketplace, if you wanted to use that analogy. Um, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think just to elaborate a little bit on that, obviously your sales leaders are your customer at some point, mm-hmm. but I think your larger customer is the company you're working for. Okay. And and, and you have to wear that neutral hat to be mm. very successful where you, you, you want to make sure that the sales teams are uh, you know, have, they have that. They have an eye on the pulse of the business, and mm-hmm. you know, you you are able to point out things that are not
0: okay as well as things that are okay. Sure, awesome. Um And that's also another mindset that we haven't heard is you're having like your biggest customer is not the salespeople or necessarily the sales leadership, but the actual business itself. Um Awesome. So, another question which divides our our guests on this podcast slash webinar is, do you think that sales experience is necessary to succeed in sales operation?
1: I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I think it's a mindset that makes you successful. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think, I, I think, I mean, look, every role is defined a little bit differently, right? And the companies have different ways of operating. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't think, a short answer is that I don't think sales experience is necessary to be a very
0: successful sales ops person. Mm-hmm. Have you had sales experience before? No. Not at all. Yeah, I was going to say, you—you like clearly you must be performing at a at a high level to to work at Yahoo and Facebook for an, a number of years, and so it's almost like you're you're living proof that you don't need a sales experience.
1: <laughs> yeah, I hope so. And and, and I, I mean, I've actually, if anything, I'm a proof that uh, you know you can you can change your career
0: and you can define In your fact. career the way you want it to be. Exactly. So you were, I, 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 like, I uh, jumping back a bit here, but mm-hmm. prior to doing the MBA, you would, you, you'd just been doing architecture.
1: Yes, um, absolutely. Uh, yes. So we were, I was designing um, custom homes, custom residential um, uh, projects, as well as uh, hospitality, which would be hotels, high-end hotels. Fantastic.
0: Um, okay, cool. And in terms of the technology that Facebook are using to manage the sales operation, um, is there any tools that you guys are using that are specific, like the being effective at the moment?
1: Actually, I, I I don't think I'll be able to talk about share anything, anything that we are using at the company. Uh, yeah, let's let's focus on uh, some of the broader aspects versus something that's specific to the company I work for.
0: We can't we can't give away the trade secrets, can we? <laughs> I, I, I totally agree. Okay. Let's skip forward. Um, I want to focus on actually like because sales operations spans a whole different range of disciplines. You mentioned specifically sales planning in the intro. Yes. Can yes. you elaborate more on how that sits into the larger sales operations skill set and what your focus is at the moment in sales planning? Absolutely. Yeah, I think uh
1: sales planning essentially would mean two aspects, like So um, obviously, planning from the revenue, um, sort of like revenue generation and sustainability perspective, and it clearly has two sort of sides to it. One is what we call revenue planning—that's uh, forecasting revenue, setting sales targets, um, you know, creating various flavors of forecast, which would be quarterly forecast, annual plan, long-range plan, right? So, so that's the world of models and numbers where you're projecting. Uh, revenue and setting sales targets. Um, So that's one aspect of planning. And then the other aspect of planning is what we call strategic strategic planning, right? So those would be things such as looking at uh, sales portfolios, account segmentation, um, looking at sales, sales organization, you know, should they be, uh, you know, should you be creating more sales teams to go after new verticals or new areas of businesses, um, you know, looking at sales productivity. Uh, you know, looking at sales go-to-market strategy for new programs, uh, new sales programs, or or sort of like new products that are being launched. Um, you know, looking at health checks for uh, for 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 your sales specific sales organizations, right, in terms of performance. So, so those are sort of strategic planning aspects, which are often range from looking at a snapshot and going deep and understanding what's happening in the business that informs your future planning, or you're proactively planning uh, for a for a specific you know, outcome, like a new, new product launch or a new new sales program. So there are, as you take a step back, there are two aspects of planning overall. One is quantitative, the other is strategic, and I think together those two make Okay, cool. What do you so you are looking at
0: the numbers that the business needs to hit, but also more strategic things like, if we're going to hit that number in this country, mm-hmm. are we going to need to hire a new sales lead for that country and give them 10 reps? That kind.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking at market opportunity, looking at sales productivity, uh, trying to create yeah. you know, what, what kind of market share you want to grab, which timeline, from organization is going to look like
0: so that, and what so can that of for me like, sounds need. more like sales Absolutely. leadership work like for me it would not be
1: uh yeah so it's in partnership right that's what i'm saying that you almost mm. want to become a right-hand person of your sales leadership so uh, you want to you want to look around the corners and and mm. you know make help them grow the business as well as you know help them manage the business on a day-to-day basis
0: Got it. Of, uh, we uh, have a question, insights. Jack Roberts, who is a very loyal listener. What skill sets are necessary for that transition into the sales operations role? I guess you went through that transition from architect to sales ops, right? Whoops. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think, I, I think at a really basic level, the skill set that you really need is uh, looking at vast... Mm of right. the data and and connecting the dots and teasing out the insight and understanding what's really happening right um, you know there is there's a lot of um, you know there's there's there are there are tons of metrics and, and you can look at a lot of different things so really I think the skill set that you need is understanding what's going on in the business and then bringing that to the sales leadership to 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 make sure that they understand what's going on um, because they, because as a sales ops person you can add a lot of value by um you know bringing your analytical mindset um you know looking at insights and trends and and making sure you can look around the corners and and let you know let your sales leadership know what to, what are some of the watch outs uh you know and and also it helps you plan going forward so i would say that those would be the necessary skills i think you can transition from almost any background into a into a sales operations role as long as you have the mindset mm-hmm. to you know to do these things and in addition i think you probably have to mm-hmm. love numbers and have to love operations and uh, you know and have and you can wear both hats on right strategic hat and operational hat right so you got to be able to switch between those two things so mm-hmm. I think those would be the skills that I would call for. So uh, when you a say large of
0: data, do you mean like you need more than just Excel skills? You need like other SQL like skills?
1: Well, it depends how the organization is set up. So I think if you do not have a lot of automation and a lot of reporting set up, you, know, you would definitely have to rely on SQL skills to, SQL skills to pull data I think, I think in certain organizations, there are also dedicated BI and IT teams that can mm-hmm. actually create uh, standard reporting for you. So uh, I think in the long run, you actually should not be relying on SQL skills mm-hmm. as much because that is something someone else can do for you. Um, and try to do that sure. because it helps the organization scale very quickly because then you can spend more time analyzing and understanding what's happening
0: yeah, so I'm assuming you don't, don't have to use SQL skills, but we won't say it because that, be, that could be a trade secret. Um, how, are you, how do you currently deal with the quality of that data and does your role, do you have any interface with the CRM or platform owner?
1: Yeah, yeah, we definitely, we, I mean, we work very closely with um, our CRM platform owners, our our uh, sort of IT platform owners and uh, we ensure data quality by, you know, creating very strong partnership with the uh, BI and IT team leadership, making sure they understand uh, what are our large objectives, right? What are our big objectives? Um, you know, what what is it that we are trying to achieve? Why certain type of reporting is important? And, and not only why it's important, the different aspects of reporting, such as timing, um, you know, stability, uh, accuracy. And I think, uh, you know, it works best if you have a top-down alignment between leadership that, uh, you know, that this, these things are important. And then I think that should trickle down into, you know, sort of day-to-day people you're going to work with. Um, so, that they provide you the support you need for the type of data that you need. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, because it can be kind of business. challenging when
0: you're working with another department or another team and you have your priorities, which may not necessarily be their priorities. And you, like, how do you manage that? Like, well, you, I, I think you just said actually, you need the top down leadership uh, to yeah. set the priorities that are aligned, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you, if you're in the part of the same company and two mm-hmm. groups
0: have different priorities,
1: then I think there's a problem. Um, if you're part of the same company, you have to have same priorities. There's just that's it. it uh, you know, I, I cannot imagine an environment where there are different. But I'm quite sure in some companies that might be the case. And in those instances, it's up to the top leadership mm-hmm. to make sure that the priorities are aligned. Often, I think, I mean, there are softer skills, right, where you meet with people and then make sure they understand your perspective. But I think, I think, I think more than that, you also need sure. a tops down alignment yeah. of priorities. It's, it's a problem. Uh, one more question
0: from Jack. Which departments in yeah. the company, i.e., marketing, <coughs> sales, product support, most important to have the best relationship uh, that will drive the business? Uh, so I, I assume that's which departments is it? Most important for the sales operations team to have that relationship with. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. Um, I think, I think, uh, I think for sales ops, uh, probably the relationship with sales mm-hmm. and product is probably the most critical. Um often, often uh, you know, there are groups within the company that act as a glue between product and sales to take the market insights, bring them to product for product development or take product uh, development um, timelines mm-hmm. and, and features and bring them to the sales team. So I think that glue between the two departments, yeah. which often is product marketing, are, uh, you know, it's, is, is very important. And I think sales ops plays a, a, a role across, uh, you know, creating relationships across all three mm. functions sales, product marketing, and product. Uh, and I think I would say that,
0: you know, acting as a hub and, mm. and glue between these different groups is uh, quite interesting because I like, I, I, I totally agree business. having that link between marketing and a product, product marketing, sales. We have the challenge at Epster as well. But then, how does the, without going too much detail, like how does sales operations link the, how, how does sales operations and link those three groups together.
1: Well, a good example of this would be, um, <clears throat> you know, for example, the sales team is um, often often there are um, there are so so between product and sales, right? So um, there are often product needs that sales mm-hmm. gathers data or intel from the market, things that are needed. And, and often those cases need to be made to the product team to be able to, you know, change the product or create the products. And uh, sales ops can actually uh, bring a lot of value there because they can start building a business case for mm-hmm. the product team to understand the opportunity the, the opportunity that exists in terms of the size of revenue, size of the pie, or, or um, you know, some other factors, right? So uh, I think I think sales apps can actually start building those investment cases out from mm-hmm. the sales side to the product team to make sure that you know, the product roadmaps start to get aligned to what sales is gathering. Yeah, what, what's needed in the
0: market for sure. Like if a sales so person that, is trying to explain to a product person they should build this feature or this thing, and the product person's like, okay, why would I do that? The sales person's probably not going to build like a big financial model explaining like the market opportunity. Right, that's definitely sales operations.
1: yeah and and often i mean sales ups brings that neutral point of view right so on one hand they can translate the opportunity for the product team on the other hand they can also ensure that the sales teams are mm-hmm. are also understanding the opportunity correctly right uh, you know they they obviously gather data very granularly from the market right but once you start aggregating it uh, does that add up to mm-hmm. is it does it add up to creating a viable new product right so I think I think you you actually uh, end up end, end up talking to both sides and making sure that you are actually putting God, a video something tools. new about
0: sales operations with every interview. That's that's my one for today. Is how impactful sales operations can be in that relationship with the product. Um, okay, biggest challenge in your role currently, without getting too specific.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, you know. Uh, it's the, I think the biggest challenge is you know keeping up with the pace of the business. Um, you know the way the way I've defined the role that I just defined for you, right? It's very broad. It it actually um, goes from revenue planning to sales, uh, sort of strategic planning, right? And I think in that big spectrum, there is a lot that you can do. And there are a lot of roles that you can play and put a lot of different hats. And I think the biggest challenge is in understanding where to focus your energies, where you will create the biggest impact for the long-term, right? And then I think there is also this balance between long-term and short-term, right? So you're obviously trying to, on strategic planning side, you're continuously looking at long-term sort of sustainable areas of growth for the company. You're continuing to uh, create plans how things can grow in a longer basis, but then on the revenue planning side, it's some, it's it's next quarter metrics, it's next quarter targets. So I think also sort of creating that balance between long term and short term
0: focuses can be uh, can be can be a challenge. Yeah, yeah. Like how, how do you you have a big list of things that you would do, right? And then you have to go through and prioritize, and that's what we're talking about here. But yeah. do you have a process that you would go through to prioritize what's going to have the most long term value, or is it kind of just like a gut feel or? How do you make that selection?
1: Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, you, uh, so gut is a diff, gut is difficult, right? Because it's hard to justify and it's hard to defend. Um, I think I think the way you create uh, sort of confidence in where you are, um, where where you are going to devote your time you know you start off with you normally you would start off with quantitative metrics as to you know mm-hmm. um, what is the size of the pie how much market share i can get here what is the long term potential here and then um, you know uh, understanding the numbers behind it and then i think you work with uh, you know a group of of uh, you know leadership which would be often sales leaders and product and your own sales ops leadership to make sure that you yeah. know your point of view is well understood. And, and as well as you sort of wet that with other people within the company. And I think once you do that, you normally end up with a really good sense of what's what's the right way
0: to move forward. Um, yeah, I think gut can be a little bit. Yeah. To Another to question, Jack is things. on it today. Um, I'm not sure if Mohik can answer this. But any technology yeah. that used to yeah. prioritize work or, or duties, I guess that could be like a personal project management tool.
1: Yeah, I mean, personally, I'm pretty low tech. I uh, I look at things. Uh, you know what? If you know what are my uh, my own priorities? I mean, I set my priorities for the quarter, for a half of the year. You know what are some of the big things I need to do, and based on that, I prioritize my time. Um, I think uh, I think I think this is a a pretty broad question, but I would say that um, you know look at your you know always have your uh, eye on sort of like a long term objective, right? What you're trying to do, and based on that, you should always prioritize your time. Um, Make sure it's not reactive, you're not spending time. You're not peanut buttering yourself over a lot of small things. I think make sure that there are big things in play always. You know, um, I think there is a story about you know rocks and pebbles and sand and water. If you're trying to fill all of those things in to a big jar, how would you go about it, right? The only way you can get a lot of those things in to put the big rocks first, then pebbles, then sand, then water but if you start putting water and sand in first, you'll never get the big rocks in. And, and I think the lesson from that is that make sure your big priorities are always first. Um, make sure you identify your big rocks and put those in first and then-
0: uh, talking about metrics. There, water all around it. Okay, I'm going to rephrase this question. If you could only use one metric to judge a sales team, what would that metric be?
1: Yes. So, that's a tough one because um, I think you don't want to judge a sales team by just their, how they're hitting their revenue targets because that makes them very sort of myopic or um, you know, short-sighted, right? Um, you also don't want to judge them always on the long term because there's also company objectives of growing revenue in the short term, the earning cycle this quarterly, right? So, um you often, often it's. I think I think it's hard. Frankly speaking, the answer to your question is it's hard to judge sales by just one metric. Um, I think I think it depends space and time where your company is. If you're in really early stages, startup, you probably want to look at long-term objectives. Uh, weigh, weigh them in more. I would say that if you are ever in this situation, create a set of metrics that are important for you. Mm-hmm. Give them weight according to um, you know. Give them some weightage. Uh, you know, depending on which stage you're at, what you're solving for, and then I think you can come up with what you could call impact score. Um, you know, we don't we don't do that, but I think those are some of the ideas you can you can you can float within your organization, create some kind of a scoring system uh-huh. which weighs long term and short term. Summary that's, that's a rubbish. Question <laughs> what your objectives are. <laughs> no, it's, and, it's and I think answer. that might be a better balanced um, you to judge sales. Awesome. Yeah. Okay.
0: Cool. And then finally, have there been a an influence in sales operations in your life, whether that was yeah. at Yahoo or Facebook, now, um, that has a person who's taught you a lot. Uh,
1: I think uh, I think there have been a lot of people along the way. Uh, frankly, I think my mm-hmm. managers, uh, for most part, have been really awesome throughout my career. I've always learned things from them. Choose your managers carefully, <laughs> which means. You know, when, you, when you're when you applying for a role, uh, you know, they, they, are, they are interviewing you. You should also judge and interview them in a way that you really want to work for this person. Um, I think that's important because you learn a lot. You, you learn a lot from your managers. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, a lot of times if you've taken a course at college uh, where, you know, things you will never forget for life because those those are really good professors. Mm-hmm. And and I think you have to think about it that way. You're, you're spending... You know, a year, two years, three years with under a manager. Like, what are you going to learn from them? Um, so, I think going back to your question, mm-hmm. yeah, I've learned a lot from my managers along the way. Oh. Also, you know, you run into awesome. mentors, um,
0: so. And then one final question. I don't is, know if I can name what do you think is next for Mo here because you've, you've been in uh, sales managers, operations for like nine years now. Yep. So surely it's time to like change to be a doctor or. Uh, <laughs> joking, um, I I assume you're very happy at Facebook.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, I, I am. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I mean, I really love what I'm doing. It's a great company. Um, you know, the role is very exciting, and um, yeah, I, 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 I think, I think at this point you start thinking, yeah. you, you either want to change your career or you know, I've already done that once, so I'm definitely not trying to do that right now. I'm really, yeah, I'm very happy with what I'm doing. Um, I think uh, I think often you you find uh, roles that 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 you really like, right? That gives mm-hmm. you the passion. And I think as long as you're finding that passion every day to come into work yeah. and, and make awesome. a difference, no, right? it, I think I think it's a good place to be. In you really. Uh, don't need well, to we have one more. Ah, oh, something. That's okay, yeah. Working.
0: Final question from Jack Roberts. Um, what? Jack well, so I don't think anything actually it, did you. attract you to sales operations. I guess when you started that role, yeah. then there must be things that you like. So I guess the question is, what what? Made you stay in sales operations?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, so, yeah, because I was in a rotational program early on in my career, and then I stayed on in sales operations. And I think what I really like about this is that um, that that balance that I talked about it earlier, right? It it lets you the, the role can be really quite. You can define this role, right? Um, you can you can be the 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 trusted partner, you can be the fiercest critic, and you can play between those two extremes, right? And I think what really attracts me to this role is one that this role allows me to 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 do a lot of different things, right? It allows me to be this neutral party looking at the business and giving me the satisfaction of driving the business to the right place. So sometimes it's by uh, assisting the sales leadership, and sometimes it's by challenging them. And so I think having that satisfaction of getting business to a good place is, is what is one of the uh, big attractions. And then, uh, you know, the, the mm-hmm. way we get there by problem solving, critical thinking, being curious about the business, right? Those sure. are some of the things I. Awesome, Ryan Mohit, for the two things and I really and, liked and, uh,
0: being you know, the those, harshest those critic, but me, also trusting advisor to it. sales leadership. We should get that as a quote. Joshie boy, and then the other one has oh, a link between the product, product or, or the a layer over product, product marketing and sales. I think that's really interesting. I've never kind of had that view before. Um, so I want to thank you so much for your time, and sorry we, we messed up last time. Um, and any any final words for our audience?
1: Um, yeah, yeah, I think one thing I would say is that I've learned that a lot of companies have different definitions of what they call sales operations and and i think it depends where you are but honestly there is a need for this kind of leadership within the companies where you know the the quote that uh, tom was just talking about right fierce is critic as well as the trusted advisor and i think if you can balance if if your role allows you that flexibility yeah. firstly if the organizational structure gives you that um, you know try to play both of those roles very honestly, right? And that's going to there really we go. that be a thanks really good sales, advice. Partner, over Mate, run, thanks again. sales ops partner over the long run. I think um, that would be my only advice.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sales Ops Demystified podcast. If you are listening on a podcast listening application, then please subscribe, rate, and review And if you have any questions about the show, if you know a guest, or if you have any questions about sales operations, just hit me up at tomhunt at ebster.com. That's tomhunt at ebster.com.